Tonight's episode is brought to you by Bidetti Optics, Sherpa.com, and you, our listeners. Um, and when we say trips, y'all remember, you're listening to the old wayward son here. We're talking about bootstraps, seat of your pants, skin of your teeth, broke as a joke, couch surfing, hanging in hammocks type of trips. We're not talking about them going to Disney World. <laughs> up all of you wayward souls and welcome back to the wayward stories podcast wayward stories is the podcast where we tell stories of adventure in the great outdoors in travel in self-discovery and all those kinds of things we talk about it every week and i belabor the point every week and usually it's just because i'm buying myself time to remember how i was actually going to start the episode but tonight we're not going to do that we're going to get right into it I recently received a little bit of critical feedback about the length of my quote unquote housekeeping. Um, and it was harsh. That dude was a little bit snotty. At least that's how it came across and it burned a little, but I am not above taking constructive criticism. And I turned that into constructive criticism and we're going to try to keep housekeeping a little bit more on topic. Um, we're still going to do it because I don't think that guy understood that, mid-form, mid-length, or long-form podcast that are conversational in nature, that's pretty much standard to spend 10 minutes talking about just basic everyday stuff and kind of giving the audience insight into your own life and, and different things like that. It's a relatability thing, but I will grant that maybe they get a little bit long sometimes. So I'm going to try to incorporate that constructive feedback as I spun it to be, um, and be a little bit at least more on point and not completely off subject. So we're going to get right into that tonight. So normal housekeeping for any kind of a podcast is to say, hey, you guys are awesome. Thank you for all the um, comments and ratings and reviews that you've been doing. Please do more. If you've not done it yet, jump in there. The biggest, most important thing you could possibly do at this point, if you listen to me and you enjoy this week in and week out, is wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, iHeart Music, it's everywhere. Wherever you're listening, take two minutes of your time and just write a review. Even if you just give it five stars, um, that's fine too. But a review helps a lot, guys. A lot of people, when they're scrolling for new content and they see something that they're kind of interested in, they go straight to the reviews. I do it. You probably do it. And see, is this worth my time, you know, to download onto my phone or whatever. So if you take the time to do that, it would be awesome. I also encourage you guys just to get in touch and let's talk about stuff. Like that's been happening more and more and it pleases my soul. It makes me so happy. One of my friends that I mentioned many, 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 many episodes back, gentleman that I met in St. Louis um, on one of my big purple routes um, that I dubbed the Night Hikers of Roton, um, they've been in touch with me recently and we were kind of talking and we're sort of kind of planning, um, as soon as my schedule will allow and then his as well, and we can make things work. We're planning some kinds of adventures, possibly up there in the Missouri Ozarks. He wants to show me around the Ozarks on the Missouri side. And you know, that would be some great podcast content, some great experiential videos for the old YouTube. So y'all get in touch, man. 
Like, talk to me. Like, maybe we can work something out down the road where we can get together and go on an adventure together. Like, I'm about that. I am so about that. That's what I love about this is getting to connect with you guys, getting to connect with new people, make new friends. I freaking love it. Um, One last piece of housekeeping I want to talk about that is on brand and absolutely outdoors related is the 2024 eclipse that is coming up. Perhaps you've heard of it. Many of you will remember the 2017 eclipse. It was a big dang deal worldwide. It was a big dang deal. Well, the one that's coming up in 2024 is going to be far more impressive. It is going to be double the size in width of the path of totality. And it is also going to be double the duration in the amount of time that it is occurring. And my little home state of Arkansas happens to fall dead on a line with the path of totality. Northwest Arkansas, specifically, where the wondrous Buffalo River and all of those beautiful, wonderful things I talk about all the time are, right in the heart of it. It's not even fringe, y'all. It's at the epicenter. And this state, I learned this the other night. I had to go to a fire association meeting where I represent the search and rescue team to the county fire association. And our emergency manager was there and he brought out these papers, some of which I have in front of me. And talked about what we're looking at a year and a half from now. And as a state, this event is being treated as like a a statewide emergency. They're treating it like a catastrophe has happened because in the aftermath of the 2017 eclipse, there were places in the middle of nowhere, the middle of freaking nowhere that were gridlocked. There were that many people there. They're expecting in our state on April 8th and the week before and the week after 1.2 million tourists and visitors from around the globe. They have been in touch with, you know, multiple B&Bs, hotels, etc. the um state has and y'all guess what? You can't book a room. Go right now and try. You can't book a room in this state on April 8th, 2024, a year and a half from now. Some of those people told them that they had yellow legal pads with waiting list in case people drop out. That's how many people are coming to this state, and it's going to be insanity. I tell you all this because, number one, this is a major, major, you know, astrological event. Many scientists believe that the 2024 eclipse will be the most viewed eclipse in history. It's a big dang deal. So if you were planning on coming to Arkansas, you might want to start looking at other states. Or if you're going to go ahead and come to Arkansas, because y'all, everyone already had my plan before I ever heard this information the other night, I already had my plan. And now I'm like, crap, I'm going to need to adapt my plan. I'm not going to be able to do what I wanted to do. Actually, I probably could, but I'm thinking that it's going to be a messy situation to try to make it happen. And so I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find something somewhere. Um, Because my plan is to try to get a time lapse of the entire event from beginning to end over some very, very notable feature. My goal was going to be the Buffalo River Valley. Um, And I still think that could be a possibility, but I'm going to have to get creative, I think. I'm not going to be able to go at it from the angle of tack I was already um, considering. But anyway, if you're planning to come to Arkansas to view this, as many, many people are, because apparently it is considered the prime viewing area for multiple reasons, um... You, you've got information you need now, whether you need to make changes to your plans or you need to start getting creative. Know this. You can't book a room at this moment and the roads are going to be gridlocked like there's a whole situation. Y'all, apparently there are rich people that come in private planes and they hop from airport to airport to go 
again and see it as many times as they can. They chase the eclipse around the globe. There's so many things. Gridlock traffic, crazy air traffic. It's going to be absolute insanity. So just keep that in mind. And also, hey, come to the state if you want to come check it out. Absolutely. But you're probably going to have to get creative. And I would plan to stay in one place for the whole time because you're not going to beat it to the next place. You're going to be in gridlock traffic. Um, Find you a good place. Plan to stay there maybe the whole week just to get you a spot to stay. I don't know. But just kind of be aware of that. But I mean, it's a super exciting event. I'm super excited. about. I was before they ever talked about this the other night. I've been looking forward to it since 2017. For real, real. Like, I've been making plans since then. You know, long-term plans. But anyway, around it. Um, it's going to be a whole event. Our state is going to play host to, you know, likely a million people estimated, if not more. And it's going to be a whole dang thing. It's a great opportunity for the state, for tourism, for our economy, but it's also going to be a nightmare and everyone from every emergency agency in this state is going to be stood up. They're going to be on standby. They're going to be at station. They're going to be on call and there's going to be a lot happen. There will be a lot of car accidents. There will be a whole lot of things that we don't want to see happen, but are going to happen. I'm terrified y'all. I was thinking about camping out on big bluff. Like I did before to make sure I can get a prominent point on the bluff to film this. And now I'm like, I don't know that I want to be on big bluff. There's a lot of people that aren't going to go down to Big Bluff just because of the hike in and the hike out. But if that bluff is crowded with people, I cannot think of maybe a more dangerous place to be. People milling milling around trying to get behind you. Man, you bump someone off that cliff, they're dead. It happens. It's happened before. I can't imagine a packed Big Bluff, and that terrifies me. So I'm not sure. I am not sure how I'm going to approach this now. But anyway, let's get on with the episode. Hey. That's still 10 minutes of housekeeping, but we we're talking about outdoorsy stuff, aren't we? We we're talking about the kind of things we care about. So there. Anyway, let's get on to the episode. What are we going to talk about tonight? I have named, as you've probably already seen, this episode, Inflation Abation for Your Summer Vacation. Okay. Number one, I recognize that abation is not an actual word in the dictionary. Okay, I looked it up try to make sure because when I had the idea, I was like, this is brilliant, but I don't remember if I've ever heard abation. It is, of course, would come from the root of abate or abating, which is to lessen the impact of in its most broad sense. So we're going to try to lessen the impact of inflation so that you might can have you a summer trip because right now inflation is murdering us all completely dead. Is a terrible situation. I mean, I'm actually in a really, really sour mood. I'm really dour right now because like the full weight of the pay cut I took just to come home is really hitting me because it's not that bad of money. I could have made it a year ago, but with this inflation and gas prices quadruple, you know, or probably what, 300% more triple. Oh my God, y'all like this is, this is out of hand and it's ruining a lot of us and it's hurting a lot of our souls. But anyway, I do want to tell you, I recognize abation's not a true word before we get started. Um, Though I have found it used um, in other contexts on the internet, but according to the dictionary, it's not a real word. So I don't need your email about it. Okay. If you want to email me, email me about something we can talk about and enjoy talking about. I don't need you to correct me on that. Just know that. Um, you know, and I just mentioned talking about um, people and, and there's a, there's an angle to this that actually got me on this mindset, believe it or not. And it's anxiety. I was talking to someone on Instagram the other day about 
anxiety and not being able to take the trips that we're used to taking. Um, and when we say trips, y'all remember, you're listening to the old wayward son here. We're talking about bootstraps, seat of your pants, skin of your teeth, broke as a joke most of the time, couch surfing, hanging in hammocks type of trips. We're not talking about I'm going to Disney World. You know what I mean? We're talking about just trying to get out. And for a lot of us, that is our therapy or a good portion of our therapy, especially a lot of you guys listening to me. I mean, for real, like that's how I've set this podcast up. You know, it, it came from my place of how I began to find myself and find healing in the great outdoors. And I think people hear that in the episodes and they start to stick around. And that's a whole lot of my listeners. A lot of us are here because getting away and going out is a big part of our own, um, our own therapy in the way that we, we, edify our souls and heal our own souls and get out and do stuff. And right now, a lot of us are hurting and we can't literally cannot afford to. And that's really messing with people. It's messing with me. It's messing to this with this person I was talking to. It's like I'm getting anxiety thinking about the anxiety I'm going to have when I can't get my, you know, monthly getaway to somewhere because I literally can't afford it. It's either that or I don't eat dinner for a week. That's a real issue that a lot of people are facing, man. So we're coming at tonight's episode. It's going to get a little Dave Ramsey on you. And I don't even, I don't even listen to Dave Ramsey, but I know who he is. You know, he's a famous dude talks about money. There are going to be portions of this that are going to, probably going to sound like that dude talking to you because it's literally practical tips to spend less money and like take a look at yourself and the way you handle your life and the things that you do with the money you have. Um, in ways to utilize it better. So some of it, there will be some of that. But this whole point, the whole point of this episode is what do you do when all bets are off and you're struggling and your anxiety is about to eat you alive and all your soul needs and you know it is that trip just a weekend somewhere, even if it's just hanging in a hammock, the cheapest way possible just to get away from your life for a minute. What are like some things you can do to try to make room in your budget to afford mainly guys, mainly it's the gas. I mean, we actually had an episode kind of like this it just dawned on me. And I think it was called, you don't have to be rich to see the world, which I don't know if anyone caught that, but it was like a whole, a whole ass Prince reference. You know, I'm not going to do it. I don't have the falsetto anymore, but you know, you don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my world. Like you don't have to be rich to see the world. This one's going to be a little bit more, I think on point for inflation though. We're going to talk about some different things you can do to try to abation your inflation. <laughs> so anyway, one of the things I should mention right up front is this episode is not for like you guys with huge families. Like this isn't for, uh, you know, people that are like trying to go to Disney World. OK, that's one of the first things you need to do. First tip, ditch Disney World. Like you can go down there and spend $30 on a pair of plastic mouse ears. OK, like I have people that go to Disney World and I've had people tell me you can't do it with just their little family of four for less than $8,000, which gags me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a third of my freaking yearly salary. <laughs> Holy crap. Just to go to Disney World. I'm sure it's awesome. And if I had that kind of money, I'd probably take my daughter because that's just what you're supposed to do as an American. Right. You're supposed to go to Disney World with your kids. But I don't have $8,000. Not for that. Holy crap. But anyway, that's one of the first things is like choose your trips a little bit more wisely. Um, but anyway, this is more for the adventurous souls. This is for those of us that just need to get out. Those of us that don't need all the necessary creature comforts. There's one of your very first tips. The more you can be comfortable with, the less creature comforts you can you can survive with, the cheaper your trip's going to get. 
you pay for convenience, right? That's like the whole point of a convenience store. You're going to pay $33 for a bag of jerky, right? That you can get at Walmart for 12 bucks because it's convenient. You don't have to go fight crowds and do all the crap. You're already there getting gas. They charge you for the convenience. Like it's supply and demand and capitalism at its finest. Well, just like you pay for convenience, you pay for comfort. Okay. The more comfortable you have to be, the more bougie, especially your confines have to be, the more you're going to pay. Like, tell me this in theory, philosophically, what's the difference between staying at the Hilton and staying at the Motel 6? In theory, they both have beds. They both have tubs. They both have toilets. I mean, maybe not a working toilet necessarily, but that's beside the point. They're temporary abodes. And you will pay $55 a night for one or $450 a night for the other or $255. Depends on what city you're in. I've seen numbers that are astronomical. You pay for your creature comforts. How bougie do you need to be to get out there? So we're talking about if you're sitting here struggling with anxiety issues and you just need to get away, you know, maybe. And I've had to do this. I'm not preaching at anyone. Trust me, I come from experience here. You got to think about adjusting what you're comfortable with, because that alone will save you a lot of money. That'll save you a lot of money. Um, so what is it that we're willing to do? How far are we willing to go to be able to make room in our budgets? And this I can say, I'm not necessarily a master of it, but I am well, well versed in it because this isn't just to get myself outside. This is how I actually manage to eat every month. That's not having an education in freaking Arkansas. There is no economy here. It is a black hole of death for anyone. Okay. That's just trying to get by and live a decent, normal human adult life with no frills. Okay. That's just how we live every day just to try to make it. But for anyone else out there that maybe has a little bit better jobs, maybe has that education already that I'm working so freaking hard now to try to get, um, there are things you can cut. Like I know people right now, like they're driving literally hundred thousand dollar trucks and cars especially with inflation the way it is. And they're like complaining, like, oh my God, I can't even afford to get groceries this week. I'm like, part of the problem is you're driving a $100,000 car. I looked that up. I ran across one this morning for other reasons that I may talk about later, actually. But I ran across that this morning, a freaking regular old four-door, you know, king cab pick em up truck. $100,000, y'all. Five years ago, you could buy a decent house for that. The payment? $1,850 a month. That's literally not much less than my entire bring home every single month for a vehicle, one vehicle. And they got two of them. I can point to your very first problem of why you don't have enough money to eat this month. It's about adjusting your comfort level. You don't need that truck. That's for your personal um, pride and ego and your appearance, right? Because you don't even use it for trucky things. Like, I know these people. You don't even use it for trucky things. Like, there's not a scratch in the bed of it. I ain't never had nothing in the bed of it. What you need that truck for? Because you got to fit in with your homies, right? If you didn't have to fit in with your homies, like, you could go down $70,000 to a four or $500 a month car payment and be in a brand new something that's just as awesome. I promise you. So... A lot of it is that, guys. You got to look at how you're doing things in your life. And again, that gets a little bit Dave Ramsey, and that's way bigger than just, you know, how to, to save money to go on a trip this summer. But it is a good concept 
in theory, that's a good concept. Look at where you put your money. And if you're struggling to get by, like, I'm not kidding. If you live in a poor state like Arkansas or Oklahoma or anywhere in the South, basically, and you make as a family more than 60 a year, 70 a year, and you're struggling, you need to take a look at where you're letting all your money go. Because in this state, you can darn near be a king on seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year. That's why everyone from California is moving here in Ohio for some reason. I don't know where all the Ohio tax are coming from, but everyone's moving to Arkansas because they realize, wow, I am poor as dirt in California on 130000 a year. I can own an entire city in Arkansas for $130,000 a year. It's a true statement, guys. So look at you know your everyday life expenses. That's a great place to start with if you're just struggling with your finances and you're not getting to do the things you want to do. But for the rest of us that live down here in the real world, <laughs> in, in the dirt amongst the rest of the peasants, um, what are some more practical things that we can start looking at and getting into to, to make room in our budgets to get out and go and try to relieve our anxiety and enjoy a little bit of this life that we're trying to live, you know? That's one of the biggest things in philosophy is like enjoy what you have. Life is fleeting. It's in every philosophy. Good luck with that when everyone in the world's breathing down your neck and you got anxiety coming out your ears because everyone needs your money and you don't have any more to give anyone and you're hungry and you can't feed yourself either. You know, good luck enjoying anything when you're in that position. Um, so anyway, let's get on to talking about some ways to let's start with Let's start with like ways to save for a trip or make room in a budget. Like, you know, one of the very first things that I was kind of saying just a minute ago was look at the things you're buying, guys. Like, look at where you spend your money. This is something a lot of people miss. This is, again, probably like a Dave Ramsey thing. But think about this. If you are one of those people, and I'm not I'm not bagging on you, okay, don't take any of this as judgmental, but if you like have to have your Starbucks coffee every morning and it's, say, $6 for whatever the heck that iced mocha whatever is, and you do that every workday of the month, that's what, 150 something dollars? Like, I'm not going to stop and actually do exact math, but it's going to be over 140 just a hair, around $150 a month for iced coffee. Like, you know, I got to have it. Okay, you got to have it, but you don't have that $150. It could take you somewhere else. There are alternatives you could look into that would cost maybe a fifth that price. Again, it's about comfort level type of stuff here. If you're struggling and you're, in deep in anxiety, like a lot of us struggle with, and we need to get away. Hey, you know what I could totally do without every morning is that dang iced coffee because I could go and I could brew my own coffee every morning. Yeah, it takes a little more time. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it costs me like a quarter a cup or way less. I don't even drink coffee, so don't don't be like, dude, this is like 10 cents a cup. I don't know, but you get my point. If you can find something that makes do for you, you could save, what, $130, $140 a month easy. That right there, well, the gas prices the way they are, but that right there gets you two tanks of gas somewhere. Two tanks of gas will take you a long way. One tank of gas will take you probably, what, roughly three to 400 miles in one direction. It's different for every vehicle. For me, it's 327 miles in one direction. It's how far a full tank of gas will take me. That's four or five hours of driving. Draw you a big radius. Where do you want to go within four or five hours? There's a whole heck of a lot of cool stuff you can get into in that kind of a radius. Right there, $150 a month just in coffee is your gas for your next adventure. One a month. You could do one more. You could do one adventure a month. You see what I'm saying? There are other things like lunch. Here's one to consider cutting. This is one I do 
all the time, and I hate it, y'all. I hate eating cold turkey sandwiches for lunch out of a lunchbox. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much I hate it and how sick of those stupid sandwiches I am. But go to the cheapest place you can think of right now. Probably McDonald's, right? Go to the cheapest place you can think of. Fast food. $8 for a meal now. That's where we're at. That's where we're freaking at. Is eight freaking dollars for a stupid bunch of garbage food from McDonald's. Go anywhere else, you're gonna pay 12, 15 bucks. Take a stop, take a stop for a second, think about it. Do I literally run my card? Do I just swipe that card or touch my phone to the to the kiosk every day for between twelve and twenty dollars for lunch? I know a lot of people that do, which boggles my mind, but I know this. I know I've seen it. I know these people. Y'all do that math. 22 days a month. $10 alone is 220 bucks. 20 bucks makes it $440. Y'all, there you're talking about a car payment. A car payment just to eat lunch every day the convenient way and something that you enjoy, you know, tasty food. I grant you, wherever the heck you're eating for $20 a day tastes way the hell better than my stupid turkey sandwich and great value potato chips. But again, I'm kind of in a place where I don't have a choice. But if that's you, and you're struggling to get out, and you're like, where can I make the money to get out? Take a look at how much you spend on your lunches every day just while you're at work. Anything you spend on a daily basis while you're, say, at work for your personal consumption, multiply it times 22 days, which is on average the number of work days in a month unless you work six days a week. But multiply it times 22 days and the numbers will stagger you. Okay, And you got to think about this in like broader terms of life, too. Again, not preaching here, but something to consider. Sometimes the motivation is important. Um, I used to smoke, guys. This is something I don't think I've ever publicly admitted because I'm quite ashamed of it. And I was my whole life, the whole time I smoked. I used to tell my doctor because she used to bag on me so hard. And I used to tell her one time I finally got sick of it. I was like, listen, I am 38 years old. I've heard you say this for years. I am fully well aware that it is bad for me. But if you knew what my life was like as a child and where I came from, I honestly, and I meant this sincerely, consider myself lucky that this is the worst habit that I took away from it and picked up because I very well, by most of the statistics, should have been dead in a ditch from an overdose probably 15 years ago. I'm a grown up. I get what I'm doing. But I used to smoke. Quite ashamed of it. But you know what? I quit two years ago. You know how much money it saves me a month? Or it did at the time, like 180 bucks, 180 bucks. You know, part of my motivation, get outside. I can go do things now and I can breathe while I'm doing it. That was like, wow, look at that. Who would have thought that my lungs would function better not smoking? But, and y'all, I can also attest, you know, they say it only takes 21 days to change habits. Granted, something like nicotine's a lot harder, but it's totally doable. And I am a testament to it because now cigarettes actually kind of like disgust me and I'm not judging you if you smoke. I did for years and years and years and I'm not going to sit there and like do the old booger wave, you know, the booger fan. If you light up a cigarette near me, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to judge someone for doing something I did forever. I get all of that. But what I'm trying to convey is I can smell a cigarette now from like 500 feet away, like two football fields. I'll just be walking and I smell it and I'm like, oh my God, there's that smell. And I look and I can see it. It's crazy how sensitive you get your senses back. Like you can breathe again. You can smell again and you can absolutely change that habit 
like and not even want it anymore to the point that it kind of disgusts you to think about it again. 180 bucks a month right now. I actually saw a sign when I was in St. Louis last, which was a couple months ago now, and they were advertising like it was a good thing. Pack of Newports, $10. I about had a heart attack. I was like, holy crap, you're proud of that number? Apparently that was cheap. I can't imagine you guys that are still smoking. I feel really bad for you, and I'm not saying that in any kind of a patronizing way. I'm saying that in a way of, God, that's so much money. And, you know, it's one of those things we consider like a daily need, a daily necessity, because I did it for years and years and years. It's how I survived. It was my coping mechanism, guys. You know, that's how I coped. But now I have that extra 170, 80 bucks a month. Crap is probably an extra 240 or 50 now with the way inflation was. If I still smoked, I save that money every month. And it's something I can put into something else that I really, really enjoy. So, Again, that's not a super practical tip. I understand how hard quitting smoking is. But again, it's in theory, it's a great concept to consider because it can help you to think about like, man, I don't know if I can handle quitting smoking right now. I'm not in a mental place or an anxiety place or an emotional space to be able to handle something like that. But you know what? Something I could get rid of. I could get rid of that coffee every morning and and get the old Folgers can at Walmart. Or I could do, you know, any number of things that you could cut back on. Little things. Think about this, y'all. Sometimes, like me, one of my biggest, you know, things I was hooked on other than nicotine was soda. Like Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper and a cigarette and a road trip. You know, that used to be my jam. Just me on my own. That's how I got my anxiety relief. But, you know, I quit doing that as well recently. Um, Just got the sugar out of it. But... That right there, think about it. Every time you stop, if you stop one time a day at a convenience store now and you buy, a, say, a 32-ounce soda, God, Sonic will absolutely ruin you at four, almost $5 now for a Route 44. But think about it. Three bucks a pop is the average you're going to spend on a soda pop every single day. And you're probably going to do that even when you're not at work times, uh, what, six or 30 days? It's $90 a month for just that. There's all these little things and each one of you is going to have your individual predilections of things you know you just can't give up. But there's going to be other things that you can think, you know what, I can handle that. I can handle this one thing because here's the deal. It's about motivation, guys. It's all about motivation. If you know that you're struggling and you need your trips, you need to get out. You need to be able to do that to satiate your soul, to soothe your soul. Think about that as motivation. Every time you want to buy that iced coffee, you're like, but if I keep this up for the rest of this month, I get to go so-and-so next month. I get to go wherever. That's a good way to stay motivated to keep doing that. Anyway, we've actually run on past our 30 minutes now, so I need to take us to a commercial break, and we're going to come back after the break, and we're going to stay with um, ways to save for a trip, ways to have more money in your budget. We have several other things. We have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. I hope you enjoy this episode because, again, it's kind of it's kind of fluctuating between road trip and how to get out on a road trip and like some kind of Dave Ramsey soapbox preachiness. And just please remember to not take any of this as preachiness. I come from a place of experience, not a lofty perch and a high horse trust me but regardless we'll be back right after the break what is up all of you wayward souls i want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor bendetti optics a brand based right here in the good old us of a portland oregon to be exact and i bought my first pair of bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that i got online and ordered a couple of more pair and when i did there was a small shipping snafu an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave him a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves, right there in Portland, 
from the top of the chain, have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship we have. They more than made right, the little snafu that occurred, and I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people, and they are trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably new in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name, not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Bendetti Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in. And they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them. Send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right. And they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them. And I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I, Optics.com. Or you can go over to Instagram slash BendettiOptics. And that I highly suggest, whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you will ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Let's get on with the episode. All right, we left off. Uh, ways to save for a road trip. Ways to make more room in your budget. And I've got one here that I want to tell you about. And don't like immediately back away as soon as you hear me say the words. They come out of my mouth here in just a few seconds. Um, because it is a word that for a lot of people is absolutely like just a trigger word. But credit cards with cash back bonuses. Okay. Don't run away screaming just yet. Okay. I trust me. I've screwed up credit cards twice in my life to the point of bankruptcy. Almost. I mean, like to where it hangs around on your credit for seven years and ruins every chance at anything you could ever do. Trust me, y'all. I was born poor and destined to be poor. Like it is a whole ass battle trying to be better and make better and do better for yourself. This has been a long, long life that I've lived. So don't take this as anything, but what it is. Okay. I just discovered because I had to start getting credit cards because I had to rebuild my credit score. This is something y'all need to know. This is going to be Dave Ramsey stuff, but it also is so pertinent to tonight's show. If your credit sucks as mine has my entire life, guess what guys, you pay more money for literally almost everything. And most of it, you don't even realize it costs you more than it costs somebody else. You don't even realize you're being discriminated against because you can't, you know, your credit's wrecked. Okay. Car insurance. You know what? Your car insurance rates will be exponentially higher if you have bad credit. Don't have a damn thing to do with your freaking driving record when it comes to that. I mean, believe that. Okay, go look it up. You don't believe me? Go look it up. Why the heck should your car insurance that should be based on how good of a driver you are not really be tied all that closely to how good of a driver you are, but how credit worthy you are? That makes no sense to me, but it's freaking true. Go and see. Bad credit will cost you more if you need to move. Your deposit might be double what someone else. You just assume, oh my God, this is a high deposit for this place. $2,000 deposit? It ain't $2,000 for the dude that's got a $730. It's not. It's like $800, bucks. $600. You pay more for almost anything except for stuff 
over the counter at a grocery store because they can't check your credit there. Here's the thing. I started having to build my credit because I am a single man in this world with no help and no support for the last four and a half years trying to pay all my bills, take care of my child, do the whole damn thing and not die poor, broke and just a broken individual. That takes work. It takes effort. And you have to put that time in. So I didn't have a choice but to try to build my credit up. And something I learned, the better your credit gets, the more money you seem to have. And it turns out it's because you're paying less for car insurance and you're paying less for this bill and that bill. So many things are tied to your credit. Y'all, just so you know, it's not hopeless if your credit is terrible. Mine was like a 518 coming out of my divorce and it is now well into the mid sevens and I can do just about anything I want. And actually I've been hanging around at this plateau in the mid sevens for about two years. So in two years time, I went from the butthole of death all the way up to, Hey, what you want, man? We're going to give it to you. Like I can't afford the payments for any of it with what's happened in inflation. That's a whole different story, but I can get it if I want it. Everything that I pay for that has anything to do with, like, like I said, my car insurance, anything like that is less. You suddenly do have more money and it's not hopeless. You can absolutely take steps. And one of the best steps you could take is to responsibly utilize credit cards. Okay. That's why I got credit cards. Cause I hated credit cards. I didn't want to even see one because man, until you've lived under that mountain of debt and been unable, unable to breathe and just struggling to survive, like you don't even know how traumatizing the thought of having a credit card can be, but y'all, all it actually takes is willpower. It's real easy. If you have the willpower and you don't have the need to buy shiny things to impress people. Okay. Like if you just use a credit card with cash backs, cash back, I have three or four. Now I use like a discover card with cash back. Y'all I got 5% back on every freaking penny of gas I bought for like three months. Cause that was one of their perks. They're one of their quarterly things. You know how much money I got back that month? I'll tell you how much between that. And I have a Walmart card cause I buy all my groceries there because that's the cheapest place to get groceries. Y'all y'all those cash backs have amounted to in just over eight months. I've been keeping track $900. $900 on stuff I was gonna buy anyway. Think about that. I am easily going to surpass a thousand dollars this year in money that comes right back to me and goes into my savings account by just having a rewards credit card, buying my gas with it, buying my groceries with it, waiting two days for it to post and then paying it off immediately. Don't carry the balance y'all. You're using it like your debit card. You link your debit card to it, and then you just pay it off every couple of days. Not hard. They have apps. It's like a two-click deal, and it's paid, okay? It adds a step to your day of your life, but guess what? It builds your credit up to where you can buy things you want, and you can afford stuff you have to have, like car insurance, and it also gives you money back. Think about this. If I save $1,000 this year, think about it philosophically. I just made my yearly salary $1,000 more in functionality. I made $1,000 of my yearly salary available to me for other things. That's a better way to put it. But conceptually, it, it really strikes when you think about that. Oh my God, if I save $3,000 this year, I just went from making 32.5 to 35.5. That's a significant pay raise. If you think about it that way, anyway around it, y'all consider getting your credit, trying to build it back up. You may even have to pay a yearly fee for a credit card if your credit's really bad for a little while. You don't have to do it forever. 
get something going and get some of those rewards cards and consider that. Also, things that don't require require credit, Casey's rewards, like I, I say Casey's rewards. A lot of gas stations have rewards programs. I had a Casey's General Stores reward program because we have one in every little small town around here in Arkansas and Missouri and all these places. I spend so much time traveling. Y'all, I got gas the other night. An entire tank of gas, 15 and a half, you know, 16 gallons and some change in the old Xterra for 15 cents. Literally. Y'all paid $4 a freaking gallon for that. I paid a penny, less than a penny a gallon for it because my rewards had built up over the last year. Yeah, it took me a year to build those up and I always get gas at Casey's. So there's a consistent buildup. See, and then you're doubling stuff up. I'm using my Discover card. This giving me 5% back on gas and I'm getting a percentage back from Casey's. You see what I'm saying? Make your reward account somewhere that you actually get ca- uh, gas bonuses. A whole tank of gas, y'all, it was $75. And you know what I did with it? Here's how you save all that money. We're talking about don't, you know, say you quit eating bougie lunches and you go eat sandwiches for a week. Even if you just do it one week a month, you could save enough money to get you a little trip in somewhere, right? You you got to do all these little things in your head, but you're getting the concept, I hope. Just stay with me. Every time, like I saved that $75 in gas, I would have spent it had I not had that race, Casey's Rewards account, right? So what do I do? I go straight to my bank account. I transfer $75 to my um, savings account. My savings account's looking pretty nice right now. And all that is in it is stuff that has come back from rewards this year. That account is going to be for, well, A, it can be a safety net if I need it for an emergency. But what I'm trying to save it for is when I need trips, when I need to get away, it can cover the gas and stuff. That's kind of the motivation I use to eat the stupid sandwiches every day sometimes. You know, there's those. That's how you do it, though. Every time you go and you don't buy that iced coffee, just go that afternoon while you're sitting there on your lunch break or on your on your 15 minute break and transfer seven dollars or six dollars or five dollars into your savings account. See, you can make a real world transfer to where it's a tangible thing that's happening. And when you start seeing three, four, five hundred, a thousand dollars in a savings account just because you gave up the Starbucks, it's 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 mind boggling. Anyway, it it'll it'll really motivate you. But these are some ideas like, again, I know credit cards kind of a big deal to people. Some people just are never, ever, ever going to do it. But for those of you that think you have the willpower and it's not hard to have that willpower, y'all significant amounts of money. I will easily top a thousand dollars this year. I'm already closing in on it. I've only been doing it for eight months. That's literally money that I would was going to spend either way. And they're just giving it back to me. Like you don't carry a balance. You don't pay interest on it. Pay it off every week. Trust me on this. It works like a charm. Your credit will go through the roof and suddenly you'll be like, Oh wait, my, my car insurance can only be $45 a month. Holy crap. Man, I was paying $250 a month my whole life. Yeah, I guess what? A lot of that's your credit. So just consider these things. Consider these things. So let's move on from there because those are just ideas of how to try to make more room to actually budget and, and maybe make a savings account and save some money aside so that you can make your monthly little trip to wherever you need to go. Let's talk now about choosing trips. Let's talk about how to choose cheap trips, how to travel on trips more cheaply. I'm kind of sad I saved this until the second half of the episode because I probably lost a lot of you guys in the first half because it really was more Dave Ramsey and less outdoorsy travel 
Um, it made sense in my mind. The foundation made sense. Let's set up how to get the money to even try to take a trip. And then we'll move into what kind of trips you can take to make that dollar stretch as far as you possibly can. Right. But now that I think about it, it's like, I probably lost so many people just over there trying to imitate a guy I only know of, you know, by pop culture. I've never even listened to some, you know, money management guy. Um, well, let's get into what kind of trips you can take. We're about to start getting into some actual stuff that will be very, very outdoorsy and travel related. So ideas for cheap trips. Number one, I kind of put like a little subtitle over here. It's like ditch Disney. Okay. That is again, the broader concept, ditch the big name stuff. And again, this podcast, y'all, I mean, everyone, like I say, it's not like, Oh, I'd rather go outside. So I don't go to Disney. Y'all, we do both. You know, it's not like we all just do something exclusively, but the concept of quote unquote ditch Disney, it's y'all for real. I told y'all just, you know, a little while ago about how much my friend says they can't get through a Disney trip without spending. That is freaking insane. And that's true of a lot of places. If you want to go to really major big name theme parks, the cities around them, everything's going to cost way more. It's price gouging at its finest in the very, very legal capitalist kind of way of doing it. Yeah, you can't afford to go do that all the time. But for again, this episode is more for us, the wayward souls, the adventurers, the people who are okay with maybe sleeping on a couch, who are definitely okay with hanging in hammocks somewhere. Like, that's more what this episode's for. And even for you guys that do need to take your Disney trip and go do those family things, that's awesome. You can still probably get some really great ideas, hopefully, out of tonight's episode about how to, and we're about to get into a lot of those, how to travel more cheaply. And maybe your $8,000 trip to Disney could only be like $5,000. You could do a lot of money, do a lot of things with $3,000 extra dollars, couldn't you? I think we all could. But anyway, ways to choose your trips more wisely. Like, you know, stay away from super, super big name stuff is one place to start. Um... How, what are some ideas to be able to stay closer to home? There's one place. Cause that's all about, I mean, right now gas at $4 a gallon, y'all, this is, this is brutal, brutal for any of you guys that are driving those big old monster guzzling gas guzzling beasts, like the forerunners you've outfitted to be overland rigs and all the things you got to do to be cool. Right. Um, yeah, you're getting like eight or nine miles to a gallon. I know this I'm lucky to squeeze 12 to 14 out of my Xterra here in town and get about 17 out on the highway. And that ain't enough. Y'all I'm getting murdered, murdered, murdered on gas. Um, what are ways to stay closer? How are some ways? Cause see, here's where I run into this with me. I love my state. I love Arkansas. I love the things in it, but if you're giving me the choice, I'm not going to the Arkansas Ozarks every other weekend. I'm going to another state. I'm going somewhere I've never been. I'm going to see something I've never seen. Yeah, part of it is, you know, kind of nature therapy for me, just being out. However, what I think drives me more is learning new things, seeing new things, experiencing new things. And that pushes you further and further and further away from home because there's only so much in a radius. You can find a lot in a radius, but when you've been doing something like I have for four years, and following this basic little system I have to try to ferret out new places and things to see, you will exhaust your supply. It can absolutely happen. So what are some ideas to keep you motivated to get out and go, you know, say closer. That's my biggest thing is I don't want to always stay close. Sometimes I need to feel that excitement, the freedom of the open road, the absolute romance of the road trip, the freedom of I'm going wherever the road takes me. I'm going to find whatever is there to find. 
that, that romance, that spirit of adventure is what I'm all about and what truly deeply soothes my soul. So how do I cope with that personally? Here are some ideas that I have used over the last few years when I didn't have very much money, like I'd never have. But here's some ideas that I've used and they actually worked really well for me and maybe they can work really well for you. One is give yourself some reason to go, man. Maybe you should take up a hobby, like take up photography. If you've never really gotten into photography, say you just like to take pictures with your phone, but you love doing it and you're posting them on Facebook on, you know, wonderful Arkansas and my Buffalo River page and whatever state, wherever you're at, all the things you have there and you enjoy doing that, consider, consider finding you a standalone camera that's not your phone. You can get them pretty cheap on, say, Facebook Marketplace. Don't do Craigslist because I don't want you to go get murdered and die. Like, you can get pretty cheap ones. Like, I just sold my old Canon Rebel T6, which some of the most beautiful pictures I ever took. Astrophotography all the way down to, to long exposures of moving water. Like, pictures I have sold. Okay, things that I have had published in books and magazines and not really my well, I have one magazine, but mostly like calendars and things like that on a freaking prosumer Canon T6, y'all. And I sold it because I upgraded to a mirrorless camera. I just sold it on Facebook Marketplace a couple of months ago to a guy for a couple hundred bucks. You know, that's a little bit of an expenditure. I get it. But think about taking up photography because it gives you a reason. It gives you a reason to stay close. You know, that saves you money long term. It's like, oh man, I don't have to keep going further and further and further to necessarily experience newer and newer places. You could spend a lifetime just trying to photograph all the waterfalls in Arkansas. Look at Tim Ernst. That man made a career out of it. And I just want to make a side note here how much I respect that guy. Because number one, he is a grade A, top of the class photographer. But number two, find a picture of him. I've not ever seen one. Now, I haven't looked really hard, but I've never really seen a picture of Tim Ernst. You know, it's not his Facebook profile. It's not his public facing persona. You don't see him taking selfies half naked in front of Big Bluff. Like, that dude got famous. Off of the content of his art, not trying to cabbage on to a running fad of outdoorsmanship and outdoorswomanship as a way to sell, you know, the dopamine kicks he needs and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I just, I just, I've been thinking about that here lately because I was like, man, oh, Tim Ernst, that dude made a whole name for himself with his wonderful work. Unless you've ever met him. It's hard to come by a picture of him. He's not out there for self-aggrandizement. He's out there sharing what he loves, and I just respect that. That's all I'm going to say. That's where I'm going to leave it. I just respect that. Anyway, you can make a whole friggin' couple of years out of just trying to chase down the best waterfalls and take pictures or chase down certain historic sites. Maybe you're really into Civil War. Arkansas has a handful of Civil War battlefields. That gives you something to do week in and week out or month in and month out. You know, so you take one trip a month. I got to hit this battlefield. I got to hit that battlefield. Like give yourself something to get into. Maybe you love fishing. You know, get into smallmouth fishing and make it a, or trout and make it a thing to hit all of our small, you know, smallmouth streams. You can do this in any state that you live in. You know, I'm using Arkansas as my example because it's what I know the best. Get into something that's maybe a new hobby. You know, maybe you find you a drone used on Facebook Marketplace and you go out and you want to start getting drone shots of things. And then you start thinking about what are the places I can go? What are the things I'd love to see? Ooh, you know, Talamina Scenic Drive in the fall. Ooh, that would be a really cool one, which I need to think about that. Is that 
national parks administered or is that state parks? Cause you can't use drones in national parks. But my point being point being, I think you follow the example I'm trying to give here. Give yourself a reason to get out there. That's, I don't know, gives a little bit of meaning, a little bit of motivation and drive behind going to do it. It makes it easier to stay closer to home, therefore saving you a lot more money on gas and opening up more money to do things, more things on your little adventures. Another thing. Oh, one more. I didn't even think about this. Like Arkansas, and I'm sure every state has this. Arkansas has their state parks um, passport. It just like we have a national parks passport. Go around and get every stinking stamp from every stinking stinking state park in the state and fill up your stamp book. Y'all, I think we have 55 something. I don't know. It's over there on my shelf. I'm not going to quote it, but you go around and you take your little passport and you get your passport stamped at every state park. That's a reason to get out and go and go and go and give you new places to see and new parts of states that you've already lived in or you live in and have never been to. Um, things like that can give you good reason to get out and go and stay closer to home. Um, that was something else too. If you live in an area that has a national park within a reasonable difference, you guys need to know about this. You can get a national parks annual pass for $80. That is a steal. Okay. You go into Yosemite, it's 40 bucks a car load every time. Okay. I went to Yosemite three times. Do that math. It cost me $120 to go to Yosemite in the, the couple of months that I was out there in California. If I'd got the state parks pass, I would have been free anytime after two. And I could have gone a lot more times. I don't know if it was available then, or I just didn't know about it, but it is a thing they're doing. And if there's national parks or man, I can think of someone that'd be up there kind of like in between say Yosemite and Yellowstone in an area where there's two or three, you know, national parks and probably a lot more than that. When you get into Bureau of Land Management and all that like administered lands, y'all, that would be easily worth the $80 every year. Cause you think about it on the long term, it's less than $8 a month, you know, just stupid top of my head math. It's easily less than $8 a month. If you think about it, that could buy you a whole year's worth of entertainment for next to nothing. You know what I mean? So those are the kinds of things you need to be thinking about. Other things you consider, like maybe making a big road trip that's like a round trip that's just, you know, if you're going into hiking or if you're into biking, go and ride the trails or hike the trails at several parks through, I don't know, you know, a couple of state circle you could create. Or if you're in like some huge state like Texas, you could just do it in your own state, but you figure out. Oh, hey, that'd be about a 500 mile round trip. That's a tank and a half of gas, whatever you do your math. And all it's really going to cost you is that tank of gas and like a $6 day pass into the park you want to hike or bike. And if you do three or four or five of those parks, I mean, you could easily come in under $100, $150, right? For a pretty substantial, neat little road trip that you could take and take in pretty close, close proximity to home. You know, you're talking a trip under a couple hundred bucks with food and everything, which we're going to get into in a minute. Tips for cheap travel, how to stay cheap, how to eat cheap, all of those kinds of things um, to get you out there. But you could easily come in under $150 to $200 and get yourself out there um, and doing things that are really cool. And again, giving yourself a reason to go, oh, I've always wanted to bike this park, this park, and this park, or I've always wanted to see this place, this place, and this place. You can have a pretty good trip just being a road trip, even if you don't get out and do a whole lot. Some people do that, and all it really costs you is food and the cost of gas. And again, I mean, probably lodging, but we're going to talk about that in a second, about tips for cheap travel to try to keep the inflation abated and make as much money as you can, um, make money go as far as you can on some of these trips. Um, 
photography road trips kind of fit right in there. Like guys, if you live in New Mexico or Arizona, I, I can't imagine, or Utah, gosh, there'd be so many cools. Nevada, you could just take a road trip, you know, a weekend road trip to go somewhere, stay in a park somewhere and hang in your hammock and come back and just take a photography road trip and hit a bunch of really, really picturesque sites along the way. And you're giving yourself a reason, right? Photography road trip. I want to get captures of this, 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 and this. I want to get this at sunset. I want to get this at daylight, et cetera, et cetera. Reasons to get out that are close to you, you just have to come up with them. It's a game you can play with yourself. What is it I want to do? What would I like to do? What's a challenge I could present to myself? Like I said, the 50 state parks challenge, the whatever. And get out and go and do it. And and you're just doing it for the cost of gas, which right now is absolutely exorbitant. But again, you're trying to trim cost everywhere else and make room for the actual adventure itself. Just getting yourself out there. So let's segue from there into, say, some travel tips, tips for cheap travel. One of the first things we need to touch on because we kind of just started to touch on it was lodging, accommodations. How are you going to stay somewhere cheap? We're back to that game that I was talking about a while ago of how comfortable do you need to be? How bougie do you need to be? If you, like a lot of us wayward souls, have slept many a nights on the freaking hard ass ground or in the back of a pickup truck or our SUV or hanging in a hammock or in a tent somewhere on the side of the mountain, comfort's not necessarily the biggest, most chief concern. Um, And if that's the case, y'all, you can take a whole lot of the cost of any trip out just by taking your hammock, taking your little tent, you know, whatever it is you sleep in and staying in the parks. Staying in a park is usually like a $6 freaking site fee for a night or something as opposed to any kind of a B&B, which nowadays runs for usually. If you're anywhere close to the thing that you're there to see upwards of two to three to four hundred dollars a night. You get an hour away, two hours away, you can maybe catch one for 99, 110. And then they hit you with all those fees that they don't quote you through Verbo or um, Airbnb. You know, like, oh, you can get this room for 130 a night. And then you come back and it's like 210. And you're like, what the hell? And come to, well, you know, we have our, our cleaning fee and we have our, you know, pest removal fee and we have our all the different fees. And it's like, okay, well, you should probably like quote that in the overall price, because that's what it's going to cost at the end of the day, right? Anyway, they will ring you up, okay? Airbnbs, I do love me some Airbnbs. Some of them are so neat, man. I love to do that when I can afford to do that. Um, But it's not super cost effective. So if you just need to get out, Again, if you need to try to abate the inflation so you can abate your anxiety, if you just need to get out at any cost, get out there with your hammocks, get out there with your tents, stay in state parks or any kind of parks. You know, y'all, and talk about this dispersed camping. If you're in national forest, all national forest is dispersed camping unless otherwise noted, which means pick a place. It's forest floor camping. Pick a place that you like and stay there. Y'all, this goes into like overlanding, which is just car camping. I'm going to reiterate this again, because we're going to talk more about this an episode or two from now on some that I've got lined up coming up. But it's just car camping out of a four wheel drive way back in the middle of nowhere. It's just car camping with really expensive, fancy tents that sit on top of your car, more or less. Um, Get out there and go and stay in the parks, y'all. Sleep in your car if you want to. If you have like an air mattress, a lot of people are doing the van life thing. It's no different than an SUV. 
You know, think about these things. There are really cheap ways to stay out there. Other things when it comes to actual accommodations. Okay, number one is you could stay at a Hotel 6. You really, for real, could. I do it quite often, to be honest. I found Motel 6s, though every, I mean, one in, one in 20 is somewhere I'm like, God, I don't know if this was a good decision tonight. Like 90% of the time, 99% of the time, they're pretty well maintained. They're pretty clean. I've told you guys before the secrets of how to look at Google reviews or any kind of reviews, find the most recent and look at um, customer submitted pictures and see for yourself what the current conditions are. And that'll usually steer you right for the most part. $55 a night. And y'all, this is another one. Get you an AARP membership. I don't care if you're 20 years old, get one. You can. I didn't know this. I got one last year. It's like $12 a year for an AARP membership. You don't have to be 55 to get it. And that alone will save you like, say, 10% at Motel 6s or 10% at these hotels. Like it'll actually save you a lot of money, that $12, and you can get it. You don't have to be over 55 to get it. That right there turns your $55 Motel 6 or whatever into 50 bucks a night. I do that fairly often, y'all. Again, I'm okay with sleeping on the ground on the side of a mountain. A motel sex, I'm pretty good with that. The only thing that turns me away from that is if a bathroom is sketchy because I just, that's where I get bougie. Like, I need a clean bathroom. I ain't about a gross bathroom. Or if I think that it's in a part of town where everything, you know, my car is going to be on blocks when I come outside. But overall, I've had really, really good luck and have depended on Motel 6 is to get me across this country at times because you don't always want to sleep outside or in your car or in a hammock. You know, if it's August and it's 106, no, I have. It's miserable. Don't want to do it anymore. Like, or if you're in winter and it's 14 below, but you had a trip to take and somewhere to go, sometimes it's just easier, better, more comfortable, more convenient. It's all the things to stay in a hotel. Motel 6s are not a bad choice, and they're relatively cheap. Super 8s, I have found, are not as reliable as Motel 6s, but they can work in a pinch. La Quinta, or La Quinta, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard it every way. Those are viable. They come in around 100 bucks a night. I've stayed in those a handful of times, and they're always, like, plenty nice enough for someone who's comfortable with things like me. Like, they're into a lot of people. They're very nice hotels. Like $100 a night, 110 if, you know, you really need to stay somewhere, but you just are a little bit sketchy about the six that's over there across the tracks on the north side of town or whatever, like you can consider a La Quinta. Other things is also heavy, the hostels like they have in Europe. There are hostels here in the United States, not as many. Granted, there's one in Taos, New Mexico that I hope to visit someday. I almost visited it last year and it just didn't work out because that was one of those things my gut told me. You don't need, there was no outside reason that I shouldn't make that trip. And it was the yearly trip that I'd been planning for two years because I missed one the year before. And I was like, I want to go to Taos. I want to go through the enchant around the enchanted circle. I want to hang out out there and check out all their stuff. And I found this hostel and hostels are awesome guys. A lot of times a hostel costs you five, $10 a night. If, if it costs you anything, all you're expected to do is clean up after yourself, help clean up the place and maybe contribute food to the place. It's kind of like a communal living style thing where you come and go. Um, and those are big in Europe. We have a few here in the U S and Taos is an awesome place that I can't wait to explore some day and I absolutely intend to stay in the hostel in Taos, New Mexico if for no other reason than it'll be an awesome podcast episode for no other reason than that. So look around and see if there's any hostel type of situations. Also, 
there are websites for couch surfing. I would suggest being careful with those. You know, they have ways of trying to protect you and, and identifying hosts' identities and backgrounds or whatever. But look into that. There's a lot of people that do the couch surfing thing. And if you're cool with meeting new people and staying in a strange house and you go and you do that, there's a lot of people, y'all, that couch surf. Super cheap way to go around the country is by couch surfing. That might be something that's up your alley and for you to do. Um, what else have we got here? I've covered couch surfing, hostels, motels, sixes, um, dispersed camping, hammocks. Oh yeah. Hammocks. Y'all take hammocks, like get, get yourself a hammock and give it a try. I want to dispel every time I tell someone you should try hammock camping. I get, I say every time when I get blowback for that, it's always like, Oh, that'd kill my back. Oh, I tried one once and it folded me up like a taco. I couldn't walk the next day. Listen, if you have that view on hammocks, there's one or two things going on here. Well, I guess there's three. The very minute chance that that's actually factually hurts your back. The very likely chance you've never done it. You don't want to do it. And it's a really convenient excuse to just say you have and you didn't enjoy it. And you're missing out. I promise you, you're cheating yourself if you haven't ever tried it. And number three, if that was your experience, there's a, like a nine in 10 chance of that is that you didn't hang it right. Y'all, every time I see, like I see it in message boards, like on Reddit, I see it in threads on Facebook and they're like, My, I hated that hammock. That was a terrible hammock. Like I was bent up like a taco all night. Listen, if you put up a hammock and you were folded up like a taco, like a soft taco, that's on you. That's user error, homie. That ain't got nothing to do with that hammock. I promise you, you stretch a hammock to where it's set straight across from tree to tree. There is no sag in it. Because when you sit in it, that's where the sag comes from. You pull it tight, guys, at waist level. You set up in it, and then it is perfect, okay? Or you hang it between two trees that are way too close together because that's something I run into all the time. I pick two trees. They look plenty far apart, and then they're nowhere near far enough apart. Like, you got to have a little bit of room, enough room between the trees, and pull it tight. I'm not talking like guitar string, high E string tight. I'm talking like where it hangs naturally at basically a perfect horizontal line. It doesn't have to be pulled tight like a guitar string, just where it hangs at that and you will stretch right into it. And I promise you, I just slept in one again, you know, the other night when we had an adventure that we had to do for the search and rescue team. Y'all, best night of sleep I've had in so, so long. Since the last time I was in a hammock, looking at the stars, listening to the crickets and the cicadas and the locusts seeing me to sleep and just rocking back and forth in the breeze. And it is so awesome. If you don't like hammocks, there's a good chance it's because you don't understand them properly. Try to give them a proper shot, a proper chance, one of the cheapest ways to travel and honestly, one of the best sleeps you'll have in forever, ever, ever, ever. Um, as far as food goes, y'all, this is just getting back into old school 80s style of traveling across the country. This is how we used to live as Americans before we needed everything to cost as much as possible because somehow that makes us feel better about ourselves. Um, take a cooler, an ice chest with sandwiches and chips. I mean, even splurge on it, guys. Don't even get great value. Get some real Lay's, you know. Get you some some real Ruffles or what the heck ever. You like Pringles. You know, Pringles can be pretty good. You know, get bougie chips or whatever. But take sandwiches. Take picnic lunch stuff and eat 
as you travel across the country, that stuff, you know, have a good hot dinner every night. Sure. Treat yourself to a good hot dinner. You want to eat somewhere. I like to eat local places with kinds of food that are not chain restaurants, local fare and see what it's like. I like to do that if I can afford it. Give yourself that, but don't eat your way breakfast, lunch, and dinner across the country like that. That right there will cost you several hundred dollars for a two or three or four day trip for three or four people, right? Take your sandwiches, man. Hit it while you're busting down the highway. Eat your sandwich and your Pringles and what the heck ever. Put sodas, put waters, put iced teas, whatever the heck you like to consume as you drive down the road into an ice chest and utilize it. You pay one third to one fifth the price of the thing if you buy it at a convenience store. That's one of like the single biggest hacks to saving a bunch of money on a road trip is take your own food for the most part. Like I said, I'm not saying deprive yourself. Have a nice dinner somewhere local every night, you know, just cut out the other two. You don't have to have Cracker Barrel every morning. <laughs> Let me show how from the South I am. That's considered a big damn deal is to go to Cracker Barrel for breakfast around here. You know, that's everyone does that and they take off on vacation. We got to go by Cracker Barrel. But my point is feed yourself with reasonably priced food. Say the preponderance of the time, 80% of your trip, feed yourself with reasonable food that you bought and you prepare yourself like a sandwich and any other number of things you could do. And, you know, just have a nice meal here and there. Like, don't like deprive yourself or there the trip loses its meaning, but just take away the majority of the expenses. Make your own trail mix. Y'all cars. I love cars, sweet and salty. Y'all know all it is, right? Is M&Ms, peanuts, like dry roasted peanuts, sunflower seeds, and cashews, cracked sunflower seeds, just the seed and cashews. And I don't really care for the cashews myself. I make my own cars. Y'all, you buy a big old thing of planter's peanuts, a big old thing of raisins. Oh yeah, there's raisins in it. Some M&Ms. You buy all this stuff at the cost of just the, the raw materials. Guys, dump it into a big old bag and you have cars. And it's actually even a little bit better than cars if you ask me. Because guess what? You don't have to use the kind of peanuts cars you use. You could get honey roasted. You know, you could get really bougie. And you're saving a ton of money. You have checks mixed for the whole family for a year for less than like a case of cars at Sam's Club. You know what I mean? Or Costco. So like you can make your own um, trail mix quite easily. And it's just as good because it's the same stinking thing. You know, those things in cars are M&Ms, right? Without the M. Like they're just W's. No, I'm joking. But they're just M&Ms without the print on them. That's all they are. So. Make your own trail mix, eat out of a cooler. And also there are ways y'all. Well, and for example, like I just mentioned, Sam's and Costco, hit them both up. You know, that's another thing. Guys, do you really have to have Avion water? Do you? Do you really have to have life water? Because Sam's Club water is like $2.50 for 475 bottles of water. Like, I mean, that's a little bit of exaggeration, but it's not far off. Like, you get a case that will actually sag the butt end of your car when you put it in there for like 10 bucks. Okay. Get stuff in bulk at Sam's like that for your road trip. If you have to have some sodas, if you have to have some waters, if you need bags of chips, I mean, gosh, if you have little kids and they love veggie straws, I buy cases of veggie straws for myself and eat them. <laughs> My lunches at work and snacks at work. Like, do some shopping at Sam's and Costco for some of the foods that you need. Um, Walmart off-brands, take that into account. Like, then trust me on this, okay? I know, I'm a connoisseur of broke food. Don't go to Dollar General and get Clover Valley. That is horrid. That is not food. I don't know how they market that as food. Okay, 
great value at Walmart. Yeah, a little trick, a little hint, little behind the scenes type of information here. I live in Western Arkansas. Everyone here, especially Northwest Arkansas, works for the freaking Waltons and the Sam's Clubs and the Walmarts. They work for Walmart Incorporated. Like it's based in Northwest Arkansas, right? Oh, Sam Walton himself was from Northwest Arkansas. Great value potato chips are Lay's potato chips in a different bag. Don't tell anyone. True story. Y'all literally, these places, they run different labelings. They have whole crews that set up the new label for the next shift run because the next shift runs great value and not Lay's. Okay. And maybe Lay's, it may not be Lay's anymore. I know that stuff rotates in and out. Like any of you that know the actual intricacies, because there'll be a few of you listening that do know, don't call me out on that because yeah, I get it. It's going to change and they make deals all the time and they change brands all the time. But that is true. The stuff that you get great value is literally the same name brand stuff on the shelf in a great value label. They do it just for Walmart because otherwise Walmart wouldn't do business with them. Those are true stories, at least from people that work for the corporation. If they lied to me, then they lied to me. I'm just relaying the information I was shared. But try shopping for stuff like that. Um, One more idea for food. Y'all, understand this too. Say you don't want to eat cold turkey sandwiches every day or ham sandwiches or bologna sandwiches. Sometimes you do just want something hot for lunch, and I'm one of the worst about that. Steak and shake. You know, if there's steak and shake in a city you're passing by, they have their under $4 meals, guys. It's like you can get a whole burger and fries and a drink for $4. Still, right now, in this inflation, it's Steak and Shake. And Steak and Shake's pretty darn good. I enjoy it from time to time. McDonald's always has their dollar menu. Wendy's has always got like five for five deals. Like, there are ways to eat. Now, it's garbage food. Granted, it's crap food. Absolutely. But it tastes good because they know how to put that MSG in there, right? They know how to make it taste good, even if it's terrible for you. Like, you need a hot meal, a quick one on the go while you're out there running down the highway and you need to make another 300 miles to dark so you can make Tucson or whatever. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Y'all, I keep pockets full of freaking Cubans. You know, you get those flyers in the mail. Y'all, I'll eat a Subway sandwich all day long for $3.50. Every time one of those comes in the mail, there's like five of those on there. Or you can get footlongs for like six bucks, seven bucks, seven bucks. That's $3.50. You know, each six inch sandwich, you can eat the other half of it tomorrow. I do stuff like that all the time. Y'all, in my just everyday life, if I can keep my meals at three to four dollars or under, that's still more than I can afford. But that's about where I have to be to eat something and and get by. You can do that. So keep eyes out for those little coupons and save them. I said coupons, right? Coupons. Save it just for your little vacation, wherever your trip needs to be. Again, we're talking about getting clever here, y'all. We're talking about creative, innovative ways that you can start to relook at how you're living your life if you need to get out and you are being held in prison right now by inflation and all these friggin' fat jackwads in Washington, D.C. and the world over who control everything and have all the damn money. Have we ever talked about that here? We shouldn't, and we're not going to. We'll stay away from politics, but let's just put it this way. They're dirty, and they have everything they want. We, most of us, don't have half the crap that we need. They have everything they want and more than they could ever need, and it's all their stupid fault, okay? So, any way around it, we got to be innovative so we can get innovative so we can get out of this prison that we're all being held in and we can go and do the things that we love so we can feed ourselves 
satisfy and satiate and soothe the anxieties that's trying to kill us in everyday life because like we can't pay the bills. We can't get everything we want to done and we can't do anything for ourselves we enjoy. This is all just a bunch of ideas, things for you to consider that maybe, maybe, and I sincerely hope this is the whole reason for making this episode was this conversation I had with this, this listener of mine that you can get a chance to get out and that you won't go down that hole. You won't go down that dark rabbit hole of anxiety that leads to depression and leads to all the other things. If you struggle with things like that, like I do and have my entire life and so many people that follow me do, I'm hoping that I've been able to give you some things that can help you empower yourself just a little bit. New ways that you may not have considered that you can look at how you're living your life financially to try to open up space to get that really, really needed me time. That self-care time, which is such a huge, important deal that I wish more people would take seriously because, I mean, if you spend every day miserable, y'all, if you're one of those people that kind of poo-poo all over mental health and, you know, like, oh, me days and all your self-care, think about this. If you find, if you could take a step back and look at yourself and realize you walk around with a grimace on your face most days and you deal with stress all the time and you're always angry at everyone for everything, guess what? It's not everyone else all the time. Yeah, people suck and the world can be hard, but it's not always everyone else. And I'm speaking again here, not from a lofty horse and a high, a high horse and a lofty perch. I'm speaking here from having lived the experience and having to deal with some ugly things about myself sometimes, like all that darkness that I thought this world was a whole lot of it. What in the world? It was my mindset because I wasn't healthy and where I needed to be. You know, even my life was just like, and not all of it's even mental health. A lot of it's just circumstance. But when I started changing my circumstance through concerted effort and started working on things like my mental health and everything else, I started to realize the world's not as dark as the news and media wants to tell me. We talked about that before. Anyway, point being, I hope that I gave some of you guys some needed, you know, just ideas, something that could really spark off your imagination to ways you could apply some of these tips to your life and go, yo, I could absolutely find a way to milk another $150 out of my month just by doing this, 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 and this. And $150 is a weekend road trip every day of the week, even at $4 gas. That's what I'm hoping I was able to accomplish tonight. Based on this conversation I had with one of your fellow listeners. And that's why I hope that you will all take the time to get in touch with me because the more in touch with me you are, the more in touch with you I can be and I can make more impertinent episodes that that are on subject and on topics of things that you care about. And I just love making the connections. Anyway, I do hope tonight did not come off too incredibly preachy because I know it could have sounded that way. Please, if you've made it this long, remember that I spoke everything as a person who's lived every bit of it and is still living a whole lot of it, okay? None of this is from a do as I say, not as I do perspective. All of this is a take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but into maybe consideration because I'm coming from a place of having done it myself. I hope that's how you heard it. I hope that's how you take it. If you did not, I do apologize. It was not meant in any way to be offensive or preachy whatsoever. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
I'm glad that you stuck around for the night. We need to get on. We need to get on out of here. Gosh, I pushed way past my 30 minutes for the second half. I apologize for that. But I hope you guys enjoyed listening for tonight. So we are going to get on out of here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave reviews. Go over to waywardstories.com. That's the nexus of everything. That's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. You can watch and see everything we do over there at waywardstories.com. And with that, I am going to get out of here for the night and get to editing this episode, which I quite thoroughly enjoy doing and cannot wait to get started on. Until next time, you guys go out there, do something good in the world, and don't forget to be good to each other.